Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one life plot holes and gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Robin Paris is best known for playing Michelle in Tommy Wiseau's cult classic film The Room, but she is also an award-winning writer, director, actor, the Master of Fine Arts graduate of UCLA School of Theater, Film, and TV. Her first drama feature, Odd Man Out, won second place in the Samuel Goldwyn Screenwriting Awards, and her directorial debut, The Room Actors, Where Are They Now?, uh, which she also created, produced, and starred in, premiered at the 2016 Raindance Film Festival and the 2016 Chicago Comedy Film Festival, where she won the Best Director Award. Robin Paris is joining us here on Everything I Learned From Movies. Hello, everybody. I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned, Learned from, from Movies. movies. And we're uh, joined by a very special guest today, Miss Robin Paris. Hi, you guys. How are you? Excellent. Yourself? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Um, I guess, first off, uh, would you mind just uh, letting us all know like where you grew up, uh, what your family life was like, and I guess how you first got interested in acting and screenwriting and the industry <laughs> yeah uh, sure I'm um, from North Carolina I'm from Greensboro North Carolina um, so grew up there sort of outside of the city limits so in the kind of in the country and had a lot of room to explore and kind of just go off on my own and <laughs> go into the woods and just sort of like you know pretend and a lot of playing and um, uh, play with neighborhood kids did a lot of like make-believe um, stuff like that put on plays in the backyard growing up um so I uh I don't know I think having that freedom allowed my creativity to sort of develop and I just really liked kind of making stuff up and entertaining people and, and doing all of that at an early age um that's so that's where I you know originated <laughs> and yeah I um, I got into theater in you know middle school and high school um started doing it uh, there and then loved it and I went to college and did it there too but my parents really weren't encouraging me to major in theater because they wanted me to like make a living <laughs> get, 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 get one of those real jobs um, quote-unquote <laughs> exactly yeah be able to earn some cash at some point in my life is what they were hoping um but so I, I was pre-med in college undergrad and then um, did, did all the science courses and then graduated and did healthcare consulting because um, I wasn't sure I wanted to go to med school so did that and I lived in DC at that point Washington DC and I started doing improv when I was there and I then I just oh. fell in love with improv um, and joined a troupe called Precipice Improv Troupe in DC and we did all these shows all over town and like private shows and we even did like shows with senators and people 
people like that. And um, it was super fun and loved it and then decided to move to Chicago and study improv there. So I did that and um, did Second City and Improv Olympic and all, all the comedy stuff there. Oh, the big and then ones. came to L.A. But go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Long story. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Please. I was going to say uh, Second City and, you know, the, the big ones there in Chicago. And that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Um, it was great. I've never been to Chicago, never been to the Midwest. And um, it was a super fun city to live in. And, the, you know, we got to watch the main stage, Second City all the time. And actually in my mockumentary, um, the, uh, one of the guys who's in my mockumentary now, it's about the room is this guy, uh, Craig Kukowski, and he was oh, on the main yeah. stage of Second City when I was there, and I was just like a huge fan of his, so it's like super cool now that he's in my mockumentary. Um, Excellent. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so so, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, we hear him all the time on a Spontaneous Nation podcast and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's so talented, super great at improv, um, just nice, like a really nice person, too. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I eventually ended up in LA. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and you went. Oh, so, oh, sorry. So you went to the school of uh, theater, film, and TV there at uh, UCLA, and uh, uh, actually won, won a couple awards. It looks like when you were out there, like with uh, in primarily in screenwriting. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at UCLA, I won yeah quite a few awards. Um, I don't know. I could I, like the big one that I won was the Samuel Goldwyn Screenwriting Award. Um, so that was super fun and super cool. And that was like a, a great moment um, in my life because I got called by everybody. In LA, yeah. like, for town. <laughs> Everyone was calling me. It was so cool. I was like, oh my God, versus, like, versus usually you feel kind of desperate, like you call people and no one calls you back. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the one time, you know, people were actually calling me, you know, like, and uh, so that was really fun. And um, my script, though, it was like a, it was a drama about a, a family who has a mentally ill child. It was sort of, it, it was a great, it was a good script. I liked it, but it was just like not commercially viable, people thought. So when I sent it to people, they were like, great, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like excellent, um, excellent screenwriting. However, could you change the story to include some robots or no? I don't know. <laughs> a few explosions would be better. A lot more sex. Uh. <laughs> change the mental illness to a baby panda and we're sold <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> excellent so with the the screenwriting you feel like the uh improv and all the uh like growing up and just making stuff on, on your own do you feel like that's a, a big influence or was there like a particular idol you had growing up or well, I loved watching SNL growing up. Um, so pretty much everybody on SNL, I was huge fans of all of them. And I loved kind of like the different characters they could play. And I like doing different characters um, through my improv. Uh, so, I mean, just, you know, Steve Mar uh, Martin, I love him. Love a lot of his movies. Um, and, uh, I mean, one of the earliest, earliest movies I saw was Tootsie. It was one of my favorite movies and watched it over and over and over. And um, also in the summer, I used to watch 9 to 5. Parents had the VHS tape. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it was like one of three that they had. And we, I watched that over and over and over. So huge fan of Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and um, even you know Dolly Parton was in that too. She was super funny. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of those comedies I grew up watching and just – I think they definitely inspired me. Um, I like comedies with heart, though. I think a lot of times now, there are a lot of comedies out there that just don't, they're kind of missing the heart, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. 
Yeah, those those '80s comedies, especially the ones like on uh, like I, I grew up with them on VHS too, and it was a lot like you know the Ghost Ghostbusters, uh, Tootsie, uh, like even like Beverly Hills Cop, where it's like the action comedies. They, yeah. they definitely had a lot more 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 heart, and uh, I don't know. A lot of the comedies now are more vulgar. I guess is the main thing. Yeah, it's like they're trying to shock you, but that's not funny to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, I'm shocked, but I'm not laughing. <laughs> It's more so, more yeah. more a laugh like, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, and I love Fletch the movie. Oh that, yes, yes. Fletch movies. Even uh, even Fletch lives is okay. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll go to bat for it. <laughs> I love Fletch lives. <laughs> I just love it. Excellent. Um, yeah. So. I was gonna say, and so then uh, after going to UCLA, uh, you had a couple acting gig gigs in uh, smaller movies like Present Perfect and Mr. Jinx. I I'm not familiar with those, but how was that experience? Yeah, nobody's <laughs> familiar with those. Um, yeah, they are um, independent movies I did in Chicago. Um, well, Mr. Jinx is actually here in LA, so I did Present Perfect was in Chicago, and oh. it was just like an indie, indie, indie. Both of them super indies. And yeah, they uh, were great experiences. Got some footage from my demo reel. Um, they were better than the room. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, what? <laughs> Wait a hard minute. To believe, isn't it? Be better. But there were a few decent movies I was in before I did the room. Um, a couple of decent shorts that went to film festivals and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the room was you know the culmination of, of. After I was in the room, I was like, okay, now it's time to be a little more critical about the parts I take. <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, those were some early movies that I did, and I, no one has ever seen them. Uh, and finding a copy of those would be very difficult. You could search my garage; I'm sure there's a copy there, but that's the only copy. And I, a nice like a VHS you have stored somewhere, just <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So, well, you mentioned the room. Uh, how was the audition process for that? I've heard many stories, but <laughs> yeah, um, it was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, the stories are all accurate. Uh, <laughs> you've read the disaster artist. You've probably heard about some of them. But I came in like midway through um, the filming of the room. They had already filmed uh, half of it, and they were replacing Michelle because um, Juliet was actually originally playing Michelle. And a couple Lisa's people who had been playing Lisa had quit or you know been fired or whatever, and so now Juliet was going to start playing Lisa, and they had to reshoot all the Lisa scenes, and then they had to reshoot all the Michelle scenes with me and uh, you know, so, or with that, the new yeah. person. Yeah, so they I got a call, I sent an ad. Uh, I'm sorry, I responded to an ad in Backstage West, sent in my headshot. Back then, everything was not you know wasn't done on the computer in 2001. I mean, we had computers. I don't know why anybody didn't use them, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We uh, yeah, so we we mailed stuff in. I, I they called me. They you know asked me to come to the set. Showed up. I was the first one there um, because I was in a play that night in Hollywood, and I met Tommy. And um, Tommy, you know, talked to Tommy. I had just moved to LA like a month before, and I thought Tommy was so interesting. I'd never met anybody like him in my life. <laughs> but um, before I came to LA, everyone just you know was telling me there are a lot of weird people there. Just be prepared. <laughs> that yeah so like when i met him i was like oh yeah okay this is just the guy they were all talking about like, just an just average a, la guy you know yeah, just a typical <laughs> la guy and uh so, <laughs> so naive and um but he, he was like asked me all you know questions about acting and 
at the end of the conversation, he was like, yeah, I think I'll give you the part. And I'm like, wait a second, I haven't auditioned yet, but um, he's like, no, yeah, I sort of like you. I think I'll give it a part. But um, so then, you know, I, I was, I just kind of nodded and smiled and I did end up going and auditioning. More people showed up and I auditioned with a bunch of other people. We did the chocolate as a symbol of love scene. And you've probably <laughs> heard the stories, but he did have you, you know, he had people line up and then he would say, okay, your best friend just died. And he'd want you to be like, oh my God, you know, crying <laughs> profusely. And then he'd, and then he'd say, okay, stop. Now you just, you just won the lottery. And then he'd want you to be like, ah! and screaming. And it was the, it was the craziest thing. And so I guess I did that. And um, so did everybody else. I saw, I remember seeing Greg Ellery there at the, um, at that audition. He's the one who ended up playing Steven in the room, the guy that replaces Kyle midway through. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, so he was there. I think we read the chocolate as a symbol of love scene together. And um, anyway, I left, and I was like, what What in the heck was that? But I thought, it's just L.A. That's just how things are here, you know? <laughs> it's, it's not like how it is in the movies. It's it's even weirder than that, you know? <laughs> it's just That's just what it is. That's just what you do. Uh, and then I got a call like a week later asking if I could come to a callback. So I went to the callback that was, they were already filming the room at that point. So I came and I had, a, I was in a play that night. So I came after the play to the, to the set of the room, which was at like 10 PM. They had just wrapped their shoot for the day. And I talked to Greg and I talked to Tommy and one other person was there auditioning with a callback. So another girl, woman. And, um, he never had us read at the callback. Uh, it was really bizarre. He just, again, just talked to us. And then we left, and I got a call another week later asking how fast I could get to the set. And I I guess, man, I had the part. Like, there was, I never got a call that says, you have the part. It was just like, okay, how fast can you get to the set? And I'm like, does that mean I have the part? Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you have the part if you show up at 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the set first, that's the part. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't know if I wanted the part, but I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything, doing anything right now. Sure, I'll come to the set. And um, like within 30 minutes of getting to the set, we were filming the chocolate as a symbol of love scene <laughs> in the clothes I was already wearing. Like those are my clothes. You know, they just like powered my nose and like shoved me on the set. And we were filming that scene, and it's crazy. And I, by the time yeah. that scene was done being filmed, I was like, "What did I just do?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what what are we shooting here? And when can I see it on Cinemax? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, it's too late, crap, it's too late to back out, because they just shot something with me, Now I feel bad if they have to, like, reshoot, you know, the whole integrity thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. come back to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's one thing, uh, having watched The Room, set, well, we'll, we'll say several times, Um <laughs> Like like with the uh, the the love scenes and stuff in there was were, were you there for like any of the other ones like it uh, like with the crew or like I just imagine that being kind of an awkward situation but yeah, yeah. I wasn't present I because I wasn't there for those um, I remember I came to the set to shoot kind of like that final party scene oh, and yeah. they had they had shot that scene like a few days before and a couple people on the in the makeup team and uh, the wardrobe and a few people on the crew were like mentioning it and I remember the makeup woman said that you know Tommy's bare butt is <laughs> visible and I was like oh no <laughs> like what and she said it was horrible because um she had to airbrush it 
airbrush thing and I was like oh crap I felt so bad for her it was like the worst but um and powder it do all dust it up put, put in cute little dimples <laughs> and stuff like that yeah. sculpt it Drawn. exactly draw it some muscles I don't know I uh, no, but, give it a 300 yeah. treatment <laughs> exactly oh man and yeah. um and then the script supervisor Sandy who's being played by um Seth Rogen in the movie The Disaster Artist yeah. He, I remember, he he was like, well, he'll he, you know, has already come forward and said he directed the room, so um, I'm not gonna say yes or yay or nay whether that actually happened, but because um, Sami did direct a lot of it, but um, that one scene on the staircase with um, Juliet and Greg, um, where they make love on the staircase, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know that Sandy had a lot to do with that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him kind of saying, oh, yeah, I gave it, you know, I gave it a lot of creative angles and I did some really cool uh, work with, with like peering through the staircase. And so I remember Sandy talking about that scene. And, and so I knew there was a love scene on the staircase, but um, <laughs> yeah. it was quite a shock and pleasure. No, I'm just kidding. It was <laughs> quite a shock for me to see it in the theater at the premiere, the recycled sex scene and like the butt humping and all that I mean I was just like I was laughing so hard just like a fan of the room I mean it just I'd never I couldn't imagine that it would have been like that you have to see it to believe it yeah. so so yeah at the premiere how how was it seeing the movie as a whole for the first time and everything and the I assume the the rest of the audience there watching it with you yeah I mean I was sitting either a row or two rows behind Tommy. So I was really trying not to audibly laugh because I didn't want to hurt his feelings since yeah. I knew he intended it to be a searing drama. And my husband and I were on, we were laughing so hard, but it was like trying not to laugh in church and the harder you try not to laugh, <laughs> yeah. the more you're crying with laughter because you're containing it. And we were, uh, it was hilarious. Like it was so funny to me that we could not stop laughing. And then the next day we were even quoting lines from it, kind of like people do now. And we woke yeah. up and we're like, Oh my God, this part. And then just so many parts of it, like the scene where Greg just tries to kill Kyle randomly, like push him over the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. That cracked me up so much. Plus the camera angle of like Kyle's face, like coming over the edge. I thought that was so ridiculous. And then suddenly pulls him back and they're, they're friends again and with no explanation. So I was, I, mean, I just thought it was so funny to see the rooftop scene with Chris R and Denny, when all these people start filing upstairs and they're just out of nowhere. They're like every single person's there and the way it's edited is, you know, they cut back and forth and every time they cut, there was another person randomly standing. there. Yeah. <laughs> so did so there was so much I didn't know about. It. I mean, I'm only priv- I was only privy to the scenes I was in. Yeah. So I didn't. I mean, I got to experience just like it, just like the crowd, you know, and see it for the first time, just like the crowd, and, and loved it. There were people who walked out of the premiere though early, like the first five minutes. Um, but the ones who stayed got a really special treat. <laughs> <laughs> So you were at the wrap-up party. Do you think anybody had really kind of any idea what what they had just made, or was everybody kind of in the dark? You mean after we saw it? No, no, before you saw it, like like if you, like uh, when you guys wrapped up filming in that before you had the premiere. Do you? Okay, yeah. Um, I 
had no, I knew it was going to be bad. There was no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> because I'd been in the scenes. <laughs> and I was there. <laughs> so I knew that it's like, oh God, this is, this is pretty bad. But I didn't think anybody would ever see it. So I was like, okay, as long as I am somewhat presentable in my scenes, I'll have some stuff for my demo reel. And that's that. And they'll never see the light of day and that no one will ever know about it and whatever it's a bad movie and a lot of actors are in bad movies you know early in their career so whatever um but so I knew it was bad but I did not and I knew I remember when I I do remember I was the party scene I was laughing so hard while we tried to film that because of the awkwardness of like the fight between <laughs> Tommy and Greg and then the, she, she's like slow dancing with Greg and then, you know, Tommy picks this fight and I was in the background and I was like, keep it together. Cause I was trying to, I was laughing so hard and it was again, like tears streaming down. I kept like wiping tears away from my eyes during the filming and I had happened to invite my husband to the set that day. And so then I remember walking out and saying, oh my God, if anybody ever sees this, it could get a cult following. Cause it is so, it's going to be so funny, like so bad. But funny. Um, so I knew the, of the scenes I was in that were really bad and funny, and like that we're expecting that party. You know, everybody <laughs> works happy. I mean, it's just like what? you know, <laughs> yeah, so funny. But I had no clue about all these other parts that were just as funny or funnier. So that was a real treat for me to see that the, that those crazy that craziness wasn't just happening in a few scenes. It was like everywhere throughout the whole thing. <laughs> so, so no idea about the uh, the football, the rooftop, the conversations between Juliet and her mom, or Lisa and her mom, or any of that. <laughs> no no, no idea about the breast cancer thing or the tuxedos for no apparent reason or the Greg shaving his face and like, <laughs> The you know, flower shop. In, everyone cheers like yeah, and then there's it's no there's no reason he shaved at all, and <laughs> um, like the recording that oh this cracked me up when the recording when Tommy records them on the phone, <laughs> and so they have that conversation, and then later he replays it, and it's a totally different conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't match up at it, you know it's like sort of similar. That cracked me up big time. I mean. We couldn't, we, none of us had the script to the room. Like Tommy wouldn't share it with us cause he thought we'd steal it. So we hadn't read the script. We'd, I didn't know about any of these other really funny parts, bad parts. Um, I knew my scenes were bad and ridiculous, bad, you know, badly written and all that. But, um, the rest was just a, a nice surprise. <laughs> nice. So, so with your, your, uh, your series coming out, the, excuse me, the room actors, where are they now? Go ahead. Let, let us know more about that, like where we where we can find it, what the process was. Yeah, totally. Um, it's going to be available on funnierdie.com. Um, it's, we're going to be coming out, and uh, they're going to blast it to their followers and their fans and all that for us. Um, that's going to be available in November. Excellent. So um, we have three episodes, and we're filming another episode in three weeks. Um, I got a corporate sponsor uh that gave us a little bit of money to, to film a fourth episode. It's not much. It's still really tight, um, on a low budget, but we're going to, so we'll have four episodes, hopefully, um, what we're releasing one per week. Um, and you'll be able to see it there on funny or die. Um, so please go watch it. And it's, it's, um, it's featuring seven out of nine of the original actors from the room. Um, so everybody, but Tommy and Greg and, 
um, Scott Holmes is also not in it. He's the guy who plays my boyfriend in the yeah, room. Yeah, okay. Um, and everyone else is in it, and it's basically looking at what happened to them after they were in the worst movie ever made. So <laughs> how did their life proceed? And the joke is basically everyone's life went to total shit. It's not like uh, Denny became a senator or anything like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't want to give anything away, so you don't need to answer that. Right, so, right, I mean. right. Maybe that'll be in season two. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, it's uh, apparently getting like rave reviews at some of the film festivals and stuff that it's been in already. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, oh, and, and and so you like wrote, directed, um, produced, like catered, like everything, or <laughs> um, I did write. I wrote. I wrote, directed, and produced it. I mean, I had a, uh, some other people helping produce, and I did not shoot it, and I didn't edit it. There was a lot I did. You know, I didn't do everything. I had a, luckily. I had a good team. I um, was able to shoot on two cameras. The first three episodes, we uh, had an excellent DP, and. Um, I had, was a first-time director, so it was really great to have a DP who was so good and knew what she was doing. And um, since I went to film school at UCLA, I was able to pull from a lot of you know people who were there. So my DP went went there too, and she was also teaching there. Um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, since then, since we wrapped, I've been doing a lot of like the marketing and promotion of it because and trying to get it out there and going all to the festivals and just um, trying to get people to know about it so that when it does launch, we'll get you know lots of people watching it. Excellent. And how does uh, directing compare to acting and writing? Like, is there a, a hierarchy of what you prefer now after having experienced them all? Or Yeah, I really love directing now. I <laughs> totally fell in love with it. Um, it's fun to write something and then make it. To, you know, to do the writing directing because then you you know exactly what you intended when you wrote it. Um, but also, I as a writer, I'm not like I'm a I mean, I'm not really attached to the specific words. So if I have an improv actor or an excellent actor, you know, that I'm working with who wants to change something or morph something or add an extra line or whatever, I'm totally open to that. So I love the flexibility of directing something. Uh, that I wrote, but I, I just think also as a director, you have to be willing to kind of modify and change on the fly if something else is working better. Um, but I love the collaboration of directing and the working with other people and all coming together to create something as a team. Um, so I loved that about directing and I loved working with the actors, uh, you know, coming from acting, I really like actors and love like trying to see if I can bring out the best in, in them and their performance and um, just help you know help us all create something together it was super fun so I hope to do it again I hope to have more chances to direct and direct other people's work too um, yeah do you have like a, a dream project or like a dream actor or actress you'd like to work with like I don't know, something big budget or like a favorite book or story or something you'd like to direct one day um, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, gosh, I, I do dream big, but sometimes I don't allow myself to, like, dream really, really big, and, you know, <laughs> there's something to be said for, like, just letting yourself think that you could, you know, work with uh, George Clooney one day, because I, you know, I really like him, I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, so working with them would be awesome, they're so funny, um, I love just all, you know, improv actors, people with an improv background are super fun to work with. Um, I, uh, you know, so 
if I, you know, I've written a lot of comedies features, so I'd love to, you know, make make one of mine or direct one of mine with some of those comedic actresses. Um, I love Kate McKinnon. Um, yeah, so any of anybody like that, uh, Will Ferrell, he's so funny, you know. So projects with those people would be amazing. Yeah, do you, um, do you write the uh, projects with like those people in mind for starring in them, or just kind of a, a more general sense for the character? Or? Yeah, I think it does help to write with a person in mind. Like Kristen, Kristen Wiig is another uh, uh, favorite of mine. She's, her timing is incredible. So I'm writing a, a, a movie now that I see as a spiritual sequel to Bridesmaids. Um, <laughs> So it's sort of similar, and um, I just try to imagine her in the role because if, if I do that, I can try to get her voice. And then even if she were not, she weren't cast in it, you know, the voice would be hopefully strong enough that somebody else would want to step in and, and do it. Um, but I think it's helpful to yeah to, to think of a real person that you're writing for. I think it's helpful to get a very distinct distinctive voice for each of your characters when you do that. Yeah, and then when you get to work with them later, they just step right in. You already have your vision in as the director. It's easy peasy, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you you uh, with with the with your series being released in November, of course, there's also the Disaster Artist coming out. I think the first week of December. Are you looking forward to seeing that at all, or do you have any any thoughts about it? Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, I can't wait. I've heard that it's really funny. Chris, uh, the guy who played Chris R. Dan Jigian was at the South by Southwest screening and he loved it, said it was super funny. And, um, I have a couple of friends who may be able to get tickets to an early viewing of it. Since right. I'm in LA, you know, a lot of people are in the industry and uh, somebody I know, it's like, we're just seeing an early version of it. I'm like, or not, it's not early. It's not an early version. It's finished, but like yeah. before it's released. So I'm going to try to see if I can see it. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, there's somebody playing me. Uh, I was, was going to ask, do you know who's playing you? <laughs> yes. Um, June Diane Raphael yeah. is playing me. You guys know who she is? We oh, do. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah awesome. we listened to How Did This Get Made? And uh, she's on like, uh, uh, was it Frank and Gr- Grace, Grace and, and Frankie? Frankie? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that show. She's good on. She's really funny on that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's when you're not like Mother Teresa, or you know, <laughs> um, you don't imagine that there's going to be a movie where somebody plays you, or you know. Yeah, like, I was just going to ask if that's that's a little weird having someone else play you in a movie, or <laughs> if it's just like, oh, I'm 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 really flattered, or. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, I'm totally flattered. I mean, it's great. I think my character has like three lines on the whole movie <laughs> I, I read the script and um so i don't think i'm a big part which is fine but i think the parts they did give me they they don't make me sound like an idiot which i appreciate that's, that's, that's always <laughs> so, the you know thing. it's like that's the thing you worry about is that like you're gonna be portrayed as some doofus or you know like it's just yeah. hard it's just weird like how they don't know me at all so how are they gonna portray me you know and um I think they're just they were kind to the actors in the room because hopefully you know we just kind of got wrapped up in it. But um, yeah, it is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those movies where it's like I hear it's, it's supposed to be you know incredibly funny, but there's also like Oscar buzz and stuff. So yeah, I'm just kind of curious how how it is being being such a such a deep part of the actual process. If it's if you had heard anything about being fictionalized or just 
like turned up to 11. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder, did you see the trailer? Like there's the trailer in front of the green screen. Yeah. Yeah. One? I did not that, that whole scene. <laughs> that cracked me up. It was really surreal because it just looked like something I had lived. <laughs> and then to see it, it's just so weird. Um, yeah, I've yeah I've heard you know James Franco is getting major Oscar buzz for it, um, so that's good for the movie. I'm sure more people will see it if he gets nominated for something. Um, it always seems like when people win Oscars, they win it for playing like real people. Yeah, I don't know, not always, but it's very common. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, whether it's even like being nominated, it's like for you know from Captain Phillips to Winston Churchill or like all that mm-hmm. stuff, but. Yeah, it. it uh, I don't know. Being a visionary, yeah, you're win it for being visionary. That's right. Being a, being a visionary <laughs> filmmaker. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I don't. Yeah. Um, hey. It's yeah. Tommy's star is going to be on fire, and people are going to know who he is, and yeah. people are going to want it, want to know more about him. I mean. Which I'm sure he'll like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, true. <laughs> I I do have a question for you. On that note, uh, something that has been a closely guarded secret. What is your best guess at Tommy Wiseau's ethnicity? I feel I think he's Eastern. I felt like he was Eastern European in terms of his accent. Um, but I think people. I think he might be Polish. Yeah, uh, I, I, he says he's Cajun. Uh, and oh, you know, of course, he's an American, but uh, it's it's just one of those things that nobody nobody I think has quite figured out. So, <laughs> as somebody who's met met the the gentleman, <laughs> what your best guess would be? Yeah, that's I know. He told us on set that he was from New Orleans, which I think is written up in the Disaster Artist also that he you know said he was French, Cajun, you know, Cajun, and that's that was what his accent was. I'm from North Carolina, which isn't that far from New Orleans, and. Louisiana, and obviously that is no Cajun accent. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the back, back by you, like way deep in the south. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, so that's what I think. I, I would say okay. Polish. Um, but I know he, he does not want to tell people. I mean, it's like... Well, it's part of his mystique, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah people like his mystique. They, it's kind of like people like the mystery of Tommy. Oh, yeah, no, it's much better that we don't know. Like, it it makes it much more fascinating. Like, who is this guy? Like, what created him? And then, like, that he is, like, so protective of this, you know, this vision he had and was able to execute. And obviously, we all find really, really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so it works for him. I mean, it really, that the whole mystery, it really works for him. People eat it up. Mm-hmm. He travels all over the world and, you know, he talks to audiences and they just go crazy over him (laughs) nice so so in all your experiences in the industry writing directing acting all that what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you'd like to pass on to uh to other aspiring artists that are just coming up now yeah um i've definitely learned some some things um some the hard way i think and uh I guess I would say um, it's different now because you can get a high-quality camera easily and, and, and get some stuff for your demo reel without having to be cast in a bad movie. So, like, if you want, as an actor, you know, footage for your demo reel, get a friend with a, a, um, 
kind of 4K camera, um, DSLR, I guess, and, and, you know, just, you know, write something you think is good and, or find somebody who's written something and, and film it yourself and get some good footage that way. Um, get some, you know, your, get, get some range, you know, get, give yourself some things to play that, that show your range and put it on a demo reel. You don't have to go and be sort of the victim of, of somebody's bad vision. <laughs> um, so that's what I, I would say, you know, it was a different time back in 2001. We couldn't do that. We didn't have access to high end cameras, uh, on the relatively cheaply. You couldn't find them. I guess what else, what else would I say? Um, just really be, you know, when you're signing with somebody, just be sure you're signing with someone who's who's going to do something. I don't know. It might. It's, I think it's better to have no agent or no manager than to have a manager or agent who doesn't do anything, but yet makes you think they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just you you know also you, you have to do so much of the work. Even if you have a great agent and manager, you still have to do a ton of work yourself. So just keep that in mind and network and network and network. And I do think it's important to audition for a ton. And even if it's bad, you know, you can decide, okay, I'm not going to do this because it's bad, but at least you got out there and you auditioned and you don't really know sometimes um, until you get out and you audition. Um, I think improv is great. If you are interested in acting, do some improv. Um, It helps with auditions, helps you to be able to think on your feet and um, you and I don't know, a lot of talented people are good at improv, so you meet a lot of talented people that way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, see, you mentioned the, the technology, especially in the last, like, yeah, 10, 10 to 12 years, like, since The Room came out and stuff. Do you think that's uh, definitely a, an added benefit because you obviously do your own demo reels and stuff? Or do you feel that might be a detriment because now literally anybody can do it and get out there, at least in the, you know, the social media world and stuff? Yeah, look at yeah. us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Absolutely no talent whatsoever on this end, yet here we are. No. <laughs> no. No. I think it becomes more of a meritocracy because even though everyone could do it, it doesn't mean everyone's going to be doing it really well. You know, so it's like, you know, everyone can can do it and then the people who, who are talented but who may not have ever had a platform or a way to get out there now have it. Um, so it's a way for them to be seen and, and get visible and get visibility like, um, awkward black girl, um, Issa Rae, you know, she, she did a web series, um, called awkward black girl and yeah, it did really yeah. well online. And then she got her own show. I think it's called awkward, um, awkward, yeah. now and Issa Rae, maybe I'm not pronouncing it right, but anyway, she, so that's done well for her. And then. High Maintenance was another uh, web series, and then Broad City, which is, you know, the two women who did Broad City. They did it as a web uh, YouTube show themselves on a super tight, small budget, and um, got a lot of visibility, and their careers took off. So um, it can be done. It's just, you know, you're right, it it becomes cluttered, and there's a ton on YouTube, and it's, like, hard to find the good stuff, I think. But, um... I think it's, it just makes it more, you know, you get to practice. You could practice a ton. You can yeah. do a bunch of bad things. They, maybe they won't take off, but then that was your practice, and then, and then you do something good, you know. Um, so I think it's, pro- it's definitely better. I think it just gives people more of a chance rather than relying on an agent or a manager or somebody to, like, see 
see your talent just in that 30 seconds you walk in and you can do a quick monologue in their office and walk out and like somehow they're supposed to know that that, that you're incredible you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, not just having to know somebody to get in with the networking is actually putting in the work and getting practice in before getting that big opportunity. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. Are you guys actors too, or what do you? No, no, not and at all, actually. We're, um, we're just huge fans of movies and um, and, you know, and actors. We're, we're two movie nerds who found each other and fell in love, and now we have, <laughs> just have our, our silly little podcast where we talk about movies that we love that maybe don't get the love that everybody else uh from other people and we love to talk to actors who may not get the love that they deserve so <laughs> yeah. that's awesome and hopefully with your uh up, the upcoming uh, room actors where are they now when that takes off here in november uh yeah uh, hopefully you'll take off and have your own spinoff series and maybe work with george clooney and tina fey one day who knows <laughs> that would be great and I'll come back on and tell you all about it. Oh, we would love that so that much. That would be so great. <laughs> we'll have to meet up after uh, the disaster artists and uh, put in our reactions. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know. I'm going to have to like just film my face watching it. I just like, it's, it's going to be funny. It's going to be very funny to see. <laughs> Live tweet session, watching the disaster artists. There we go. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. oh my gosh, yeah, it's going to be funny. Excellent. Well, thank you, Robin, for joining us. Um, and uh, again, do you have a? This, are the dates set in November for when the series pops up? Sorry if I missed yeah, it earlier. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, we're aiming for right after Thanksgiving, so okay. um, it's probably going to be that Wednesday or Thursday after Thanksgiving. Um, we'll go live on. I guess I'm not live because it's not live, but um, we're going. We'll go. I guess that's what you say. You go live on Funny or Die, and um, yeah, so that's when it's going to be. If you want to follow us, our um, we're on Facebook at the at uh, the Room Actors. Where are they now? And then we're on Twitter at the Room Actors, and then our website is www.theroommockumentary.com, and we're on Instagram also as at the Room Actors. So we'll be posting more information and stuff on those sites. Excellent. Excellent. So, well, I'm, I'm already following all of them, so uh, I'm up to date. So. <laughs> and great, great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your support, and it's really nice to talk to you, and okay. I'm so kind of you to have me on and to have me talk about the project, so thank you. Oh, thank oh. you so much for giving us a chance and coming on. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much, Robin. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs>